Welcome to the Faith Broadcast. I'm Carrick Butler. I lead Faith Christian Center right here in Austell, Georgia. Thank you for tuning in today. I believe today's message is going to equip you and empower you to make Jesus famous in your everyday life. As you listen, something good is going to happen to you. So listen up to the message, apply it, and I'll talk to you after today's message. Mark chapter 6. And he, Jesus, went out from thence and came into his own country, and his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath day was come, he began teaching in the synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished, saying, From where or from whence has this man these things, and what wisdom is this which is given unto him, that even such mighty works are wrought by his hands? Is not this carpenter the son of Mary, the brother of James, and Joseph, and Judas, and Simon? Are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended at him. But Jesus said unto him, A prophet is not with honor, but in his own country, and among his own kin, and in his own house. And he could do no mighty work, save that he laid hands on a few sick folk and healed them. Notice, it didn't say he would not do any mighty work. It says Jesus, the Son of God, the Anointed One, God himself, could not because of their unbelief. Save, or he could heal a few sick folk. We look that up, people with minor ailments. Well, how much is a few? A biblical few can stretch from three to eight. So Jesus himself, in the flesh, could only heal up to eight people with minor ailments. Why? Because of their unbelief. So what did Jesus do as a result of that? He marveled because of unbelief, and he went around in the villages teaching. Why? Teaching the word. Faith will come by hearing, hearing by the word of God can combat the unbelief. And he called unto him the twelve and began to send them forth two by two and gave them power over unclean spirits. And they went out, verse 12, and preached that men should repent. So he's going around teaching. Then he sends his disciples to teach and to preach. He's combating this unbelief. And they cast out many devils and anointed many with oil that were sick and healed them. So the the disciples were very successful. Wouldn't you agree? They didn't just get like one demon out, one healing. They got many demons out. Many people were healed. And so they all gathered back up. Let's jump down to verse 30. And the apostles gathered themselves together unto Jesus and told him all things, both what they had done and what they had taught. And he said unto them, Come ye yourselves apart into a desert place and rest a while. For there were many coming and going, and they had no leisure so much to eat. And they departed into a desert place by ship privately. So they came back to Jesus saying, oh, yeah, this is what we preach. This is what we teach. Man, this is the person I get here. Oh, it was so cool when we did this. It was so cool when this happened. Man, it was great when this happened. Man, we cast out demons here. They're giving Jesus their status report. They're excited about the things. While they're telling Jesus, remember, people have been following Jesus, but now people are following these 12. And so now these 13 are gathered together, and people are still coming into the house trying to get their attention. And so they're trying to enjoy a meal together, telling Jesus what happens, but people are coming in and going out, and they can't even eat a meal together. So Jesus said, hey, come with me. Let's take a break so that you can eat, so that you can rest. Now, the word here for rest means to refresh yourselves, to recover and collect your strength, and to take a break. Jesus said, it's time for you to take a break. It's time for you to be rested. It's time for you to be refreshed. It's time for you to recover and collect your strength. So notice he said, come with me and take a break. So Jesus took these guys on a mini beach vacation so that they could rest, be refreshed, gather their strengths, and take a break. Notice he didn't send them on a vacation. He took them with him on a vacation. Two different things. He could have said, man, Peter, you're tired. John, you look worn out. Matthew, man, whoo, you're dragging. 
Y'all take a break. I'll see you when you get back. No. He said, come with me and take a break. Why is that important? Go to Mark chapter 3. Mark chapter 3. He didn't send them on a vacation. He took them with him on a vacation. Mark chapter 3, just a few chapters back. And he, Jesus, ordained 12 that they should be with him and that he might send them forth to preach and to have power to heal sicknesses and to cast devils. They were called to preach, to heal the sick, to cast out devils. But primarily, number one, they were called to be with him. Their first and highest calling was their relationship with Jesus. Some translations point out that Jesus picked them to be with him as friends. So they're not just being around Jesus. Okay, we're close to him. No, he called them to relationship. He called them to friendship. Jesus lived life in a community of friends. You might think if anyone had the right to be a loner, to do life by himself as the son of God. But he didn't live that way. He did life in community. Even when he died, was buried, and was raised from the dead before he ascended, he didn't hand the church over to one person. He handed the church over to a group. He paired them up two by two. They had relationships. And we can't be people who think, well, you know, I've been saved enough so I can do life by myself. No, you're not saved enough to do life by yourself. If Jesus himself didn't do life by himself, who makes you think you're better than his example? We must do life in community. We must have friendships. We must have relationships. We don't just sneak into church. Okay, I'm hungry, so I'm going to leave church afterwards and not talk to everybody. We all hungry. We probably all going to eat. <laughs> hey, I haven't met you before. Why don't you hang out with our group as we go to eat? We have to be proactive about forming relationships and building community. Because especially when you have newer Christians come in, it's harder for them to sometimes adjust to live in the way they're supposed to. But you know what helped them live the way they're supposed to? They have a community. They have a group. They have accountability. They have people looking out for them. So if they miss a couple weeks, they ask someone to call them. Hey, I haven't seen you in a while. I'm praying with you. Is there anything I can help you with? We have to do life in community. So they're called to be with Jesus, even as friends. Now let's go to Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. So he took them with him on a vacation. Come with me and take a break, in other words. It reminds me of Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. And Jesus says here, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Notice, not just follow me, but come to me. The word labor here means to grow weary, tired, exhausted with toils and burdens and griefs. Heavy laden just simply means overburdened. So he says, Come to me, Everyone that is tired, weary, exhausted with toils, burdens, and griefs, and overburdened, and I will give you rest. This is the same rest he talked about in Mark chapter 6. You see, rest flows from Jesus. Jesus is saying, come to me. I'll help you recover your strength. I'll cause you to rest from being overburdened and exhausted. Come to me, and I'll cause you to be refreshed. The Passion Translation says it this way. Are you weary, carrying a heavy burden? Carrying a heavy burden? Then come to me. I will refresh your life. For I am your oasis. 
Are you weary carrying a heavy burden? Then come to me. I will refresh your life, for I am your oasis. See, oasis means a fertile spot in a desert where water is found. It is a pleasant or peaceful area or period in the midst of a difficult trouble or hectic place or situation. See, there are times when you need to take physical vacations and departures from the normal routine. We see that Jesus literally did that for his team of friends. I just did that for me and my family. We should take vacation. It is good. It is healthy. Some of you say, like, well, I don't need a vacation. Well, your kids might. He said, well, what's so hard about, you know, them going to school? They may need a vacation so they can spend time with you undivided attention. Because you'll spend time with them and be able to say, okay, they're doing this, they're doing that. Okay, I can pour more into them. So you and your family should take a vacation. Just get into pastoral messing around mode. You need to take vacations with your kids and spouses. You need to take vacations, vacations with just the two of you. Y'all can fill in the blank what y'all should do on that vacation time. I'll behave for now. Physical vacations are needed, but we can't live on vacation, or can we? See, there are times when, you know, we need to go to our favorite resort and go to the beach and have fun. You got the kids, you know, they're sand toys. You know, you're going to enjoy the beach vacation and beach weather, just enjoying life. It's good. You should. But how many know that eventually you have to check out that hotel, the resort? Eventually, you have to come home. And people are like, oh, Monday's coming. Oh, normal life is coming. Oh, the kids aren't back in school yet. They're still with me for a few more weeks. And you're thinking, well, my vacation is over. Back to the normal, tired, exhausting routine. It would be great to live on vacation, but we know that's not real life. Not in this sense of the word. But if Jesus said, I am your oasis, if Jesus said, I am your rest, come to me and be refreshed, then it's possible to live in a state of rest. It's possible that in the midst of hectic life and all the demands of life, to sneak away for a moment and be refreshed like you went on vacation and go right back into normal life. That it doesn't only have to happen when we take weeks off. But it's something that we can enjoy on our everyday life. We can live in a place where we are refreshed. We go on vacations to rest, to be refreshed for relaxation and recreation. We should go on those vacations from time to time to enjoy those things. However, we can still experience this in an even greater and more important way from Jesus. Look at this next verse. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. I'll get into more of that next week. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. Jesus has rest for your soul. Our bodies need rest, but so do our souls. Remember, you are a spirit. You have a soul, which is your mind, your will, the control center for your emotions. And you live in a natural body. Jesus has rest and refreshing for all of your inside. Jesus has rest and refreshing for your spirit. Jesus has rest and refreshing for your mind, your will, and your emotions. And Jesus, our example, set the example on how we can receive this must-needed rest. Go to Mark chapter 1, verse 35. Mark chapter 1, verse 35. 
Notice what it says here in Mark chapter 1, verse 35. And in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he, Jesus, went out, departed into a solitary place, and there prayed. Now, he just had a great successful meeting. There are people gathered all around. And he woke up before everyone else so that he could pray. Now, look, if Jesus, the Son of God, took time to pray, how many know that we need to take time to pray? You anointed, but you ain't Jesus. He lives on the inside of you, but how many know there is a difference even between us and Jesus when we walk the earth? And we're growing into the fullness of his stature so we can live like him. But his example was that he took time to get away and pray. And one of the ways we see here what he did, he went to get direction from his heavenly father. But this is not a one-time occurrence. In Mark chapter 6, verse 46, it says, He sent them away, and he departed in a mountain to pray. And this time it was in the evening, or right before night. Luke chapter 6, verse 12, And it came to pass in those days that he went out into a mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer. Jesus would take time to get away and pray. There were times he went early in the morning. Other times we see in the evenings and even late into the night and throughout the night. See, there is a benefit to starting your day in prayer. Whenever your day starts, some of you have, you know, night jobs. Some of you have day jobs. Some of you have afternoon jobs. Whenever your day starts, start in prayer. There are benefits to doing that. There's benefits to getting up early and spending time with God. Yet the emphasis is not only on spending time with him at a certain point of the day, but it's knowing how to step away and be with him. So it's not knowing how to wake up early and spend time with him. It's knowing that throughout your day how you can step away and be with him. Because it's great if you can rest in the morning your time in prayer of the day. But how many know there are some days that are just a mess? And you're like, oh, man, I can't get rest until tomorrow morning when I go to pray. Now, that would be kind of messed up if that's what we're limited to. But we're not. There's an art to learn how to step away and be with him and receive the rest that flows from Jesus. Let's go to James chapter 4, verse 8. James chapter 4, verse 8. It's not just in the morning or at a certain time of day. It's knowing how to step away and be with him. That is our chief calling as well. Just like those apostles, they're called to preach, teach, heal the sick, cast out devils. But before that, they are called to be with him. We're Christians. We're called to do different things. We have different anointings and callings and gifts on our lives. But primarily, we are called to relationship and friendship with Jesus. We're called to be with him. James chapter 4 verse 8 says, Draw nigh or draw near to God, and he will draw nigh or draw near to you. See, you have to make time on a regular basis to step away and be with God. You have to make time to draw close to God. And the thing is, if you make that time, you have to guard that time. So like we say, at least in the morning. So you need to guard it. That means the night before, you have to think about, man, I'm planning to wake up early and pray, so that means I should go to bed early. That means although I enjoy watching all these movies on Netflix or whatever streaming channel you like, that I need to cut it off at a certain point so I can wake up on time. And set as many alarms. See, I'm a person, I set several alarms. I got multiple alarms on my phone. I got multiple alarms on the digital device in my house to make sure I get up. I have the alarm to wake me up, the alarm to remind me that I woke up, <laughs> the alarm to remind me now it's time for you to get out of bed. 
You need to do whatever you need to do to get going in the morning. Amen. That's one of the ways you can guard that time of prayer in the morning. But other times, as you know you need it throughout the day, you need to guard it and not let things steal it from you. You don't just have to have this time to get away with God in your prayer closet. That's great. But what if you're at work and people are acting crazy? What if you're at work and your boss has lost his mind and you are his target today? You can either cuss him out, lose your job, and believe for a greater harvest. <laughs> or you can step away for a second like, look, Jesus, if you don't help me, we may end up on the news together. <laughs> we can't just take time to be with Jesus in the morning or in our prayer closets. We have to learn how to step away throughout the day. Because whenever and wherever we draw near to him, he draws near to us. If you draw close to him, he will draw close to you with his goodness, with his rest, and with whatever you need. See, Psalm 73, 28 says, but it is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord that I may declare all thy works. See, it is good for you. It is for your benefit to get close to God. And if it's for your benefit to do it, that means you need to make time to do it. It's for your good. Not just for your family's good, it's their good too. Because you look, you act more like Jesus, they will enjoy that. It is for the community's good, it's for your church family's good. But it's for your good to draw near to God. For him to draw near to you. So Proverbs 3, verse 6, I'm going to read it from Amplified Classic Edition. It says, in all your ways, know, recognize, and acknowledge him. And he will direct and make straight and plain your paths. I'm going to give you four things today as I open up this series. Number one, you need to recognize him. Number one, you need to recognize Jesus. You need to recognize him. How do you need to recognize him? Recognize that he's with you and not far away. Sometimes people recognize he's, yes, he's on the throne way up in heaven. Well, he is, but he's also with you. See, drawing near to God is not about distance, but relationship and friendship. Just like the apostles, we are called to be with him in relationship and friendship. So recognize that he's with you and not far away. Recognize who he is to you. He is Savior. He's healer. He's redeemer. He's preserver. He's friend. He's the one who prospers you. He's the one who baptized you in the Holy Ghost. He is your strengthener. He is your covering. He is your shield. He is whoever you need him to be. He is the almighty God. He is the one who is, who was, who is to come. He is coming back to you. You got to remember who he is. Recognize who he is. Whatever situation, and recognize that he is your answer to that situation, and he's never your problem. Recognize who he is to you. Recognize that he is with you. Recognize that he has rest and refreshing for you and wants to minister it to you. As your high priest, he wants to minister rest to you. As your high priest who has been through what you've been through, who's walked on the earth in a human body, knows what it gets to be tired and deal with tiring people. Amen, amen. He is your high priest, Hebrews says who knows what you've been through, knows how you feel. He wants to minister rest to you. He's a good high priest. He wants to minister refreshing to you. So recognize that. Also recognize him by saying, thank you for being with me. 
and say throughout the day, I know that you're always with me. We have to have the same confidence Jesus did. He said, the Father always hears me. The Father always hears me. He was confident in that. We have to be same confident. You know, Jesus, you're always with me. Thank you for being with me. I don't have to pray, oh, Lord, be with me today. I don't have to pray that. He's already here. That's a prayer that doesn't need to be prayed. Lord, be with me. I, I prayed that when I got saved. You know, I asked him into my heart. He came, and now he's with me. You don't need to pray, Lord, be with me. He's here. So just say, thank you for being with me. Say that throughout the day. It'll develop your faith and your confidence that he's with you. And also, if you know he's with you, that means wherever you are, you can receive rest and refreshing for your soul. Go to Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28 with me. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28. He's with you. Showing you how to live life on vacation. Because you know when you go on vacation, you have a different mentality. You rest. You chill. See, we went on vacation. We wanted to get back some good habits. So, you know, we ate a little bit healthier than normal. So that when we get back, we'll be in a healthier state of mind. But some people go on vacation and like, you know what? I'll take this. And I'll take that. And I'll take this and that. You know what? Double up on that. You know, I worked out for months to anticipate I want three of that. So people go on vacation, get this, with abundance in mind. They actually may not be able to afford that abundance. But they go with abundance in mind. So if you're going to live life on vacation, you can keep abundance on your mind because you know where your abundance comes from. See, living life on vacation is a different mentality. It's a different understanding. And so that's where we get you in this series because you're not called to be stressed out. You're not called to be worried about everything. You don't see too many stressful people at the beach. You don't see people who are always worried at the beach. They're, you know, you go to the beaches or the islands, tropical places, they're just real chill. Bruh, what's wrong with you? Don't you feel the breeze? Come on, you need to surf. What's, what's wrong with you? It's a different mentality. That should be our mentality. Christians, stop being stressed out about everything. Stop worrying about everything. Stop being nervous about everything. Recognize who your Jesus is to you. See, the thing is, some of us have so much stress and worry, we're literally killing ourselves. Because your body was never meant to carry that worry and that stress. You're meant to live in the rest that comes from Jesus. So Isaiah chapter 40. Verse 28. Has thou not known? Have you not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, faints not? He doesn't get tired. There's no searching of his understanding. He gives power to the faint. And to them that have no might, he increases their strength. Even the youth, even young people shall faint and get tired. And the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord, he shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not fact. The Amplified Classic Edition says, verse 31, this way. For those who wait for the Lord, who expect, look for, and hope in him, shall change and renew their strength and power. They shall lift their wings and mount up close to God as eagles, mount up to the sun. They, they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint or become tired. Number two, number one, we said recognize him. Number two, expect him. Expect him. See, after you recognize him, expect him. Look 
for what he may be leading you to do. As you take that time to step away, you've recognized him, expect that he's there. Don't do things out of religion. Say, okay, pastor said I had to pray, I had to recognize him. Cool, I did that. No, expect him. When you're expecting him, you're looking for him. You're looking for what he may be leading you to do. Expect him as you read his word. Don't just read the word going, okay, I read my Bible for the day. Woo, spiritual check mark. The word is him. Let him read the word to you. Expect him as you read the word. The word is Jesus talking to you. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. Recognize him. Expect him. Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. It says, but we all with open face, beholding as in a glass or a mirror the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. See, as we are in the Word, we're looking at Him. And as we look at Him, we begin to look more like Him. Whatever you focus on is what you're going to start looking like and acting like. See, at least my daughter says amen. As we're in the Word, we're looking at Him. Isaiah 28, verse 11 and 12. I'll read it to you for sake of time. The prophet says, For with stammering lips and another tongue will He speak to this people, to whom He said, This is the rest wherewith you may cause the weary to rest, and this is the refreshing, yet they would not hear. What is this rest? In 1 Corinthians 14, Paul connected this passage to praying in the Spirit or speaking in other tongues. Praying in the Spirit will bring you refreshing and rest. Praying in the Spirit will bring you refreshing and rest. So number three, spend time praying in the Spirit. As you take time to pray in the Spirit, stay in a place of expectation. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Rest comes as you take time to pray in the Spirit. Notice that take time to pray in the Spirit, not take five seconds to pray in the Spirit. Someone's like, well, I prayed in the Spirit for 30 seconds. Nothing happened. You need a little bit more time than that. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 6. Notice what the apostle says here about the Holy Ghost. It says, Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect or mature, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that come to naught, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. That word mystery means divine secret, plan, or purpose. Even the hidden wisdom, that's in the mystery, which God ordained before the world into our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, eye has not seen, nor ear heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared. That word prepare is very interesting to me. It means to make necessary preparations and to get everything ready. But metaphorically, it is drawn from the oriental custom of sending crews ahead of kings to level the world to make them passable before the king arrives. What he's prepared for those that love him. So what eye hasn't seen, ear hasn't heard, it has entered the heart of man, what God has prepared, that sounds like a mystery. Sounds like a divine secret, a divine plan, a divine purpose. But it says, but God has revealed those things to us how? 
by his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man, say the spirit of the man which is in him, even so the things of God knows no man but the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us, which things also we speak, not in the words that man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches. Holy Ghost words. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. When you pray in the Holy Ghost, 1 Corinthians 14 says you're praying on mysteries, divine secrets, plans, and purposes. When you take time in praying in tongues, you're praying out things that eyes haven't seen, that ears haven't heard, that haven't ended in the heart of man yet. You're praying those things out. And what happens as you pray those things out, God reveals things to you he's already prepared for you. Things you don't even have to prepare for yourself. God has already prepared for you. You just got to walk in it. But also as you pray in the Holy Spirit, you are moving things out of the way in your future. You're making things ready. You're lifting up the low places, tearing down the high places. As you actually take time to pray in the Spirit, it's good to pray in the Spirit for 30 seconds. That's great, but you're not going to get much work done in 30 seconds. But when you give your time self praying in the Spirit, you'll receive refreshing and rest, but you're also preparing yourself for your future. I remember a friend of mine I worked with in another state, and she came to the office and says, you know what? I just had this interesting time in prayer this morning. I spent two to three hours just praying in the Spirit. And I really sensed I prayed out the next step of what I was called to do. I said, okay, well, let's see what happens. A couple months later, she was walking into what she prayed out. And she's a person who just loved living life by the beach. Her next assignment was in Hawaii. I think she prayed some out. <laughs> I was like, you know what? Maybe a lot of us got to pray in the Spirit more. We got to go to the beaches a lot more. But what happens as you pray in the Spirit, you pray out the plan of God. And you receive rest and refreshing as you do it. Because Isaiah 64 verse 4, what Paul was quoting for us is from, For since the beginning of the world, men have not heard nor perceived by the ear, neither have I seen, O God, beside thee, what you have prepared for him that waits for you. And my classic edition says this way, For from of old no one has heard nor perceived by the ear, nor that I have seen a God besides you who works and shows himself active, on behalf of those who earnestly wait for you. When you're praying in the Spirit, you're waiting on God, but you're also talking to God. 1 Corinthians 14, 4 says, when you pray in the Spirit, you edify or you build yourself up. As you build yourself up, God can give you rest. As you rest in Him, God will reveal things to you. When you enter into rest, God can work. But when you're stressed out doing it by yourself, God can't do much. Some of you, God can do more while you sleep because you can't get in his way. <laughs> you know, you want to go to sleep, and God wants you to go to sleep. Will you just go to bed now? Just go to sleep. No, you don't need any more caffeine. You need to sleep so I can get something done in your life. When you're at rest, God can work. See, some of you need to try that out before you go to bed tonight or before you take your after church nap. Say, like, God, I'm going to rest. I can't get in your way. I'm looking forward to testimonies after I wake up from my nap. You just say, oh, that sounds silly. But you know what? You kept yourself in a place of expectation. And one of the days, you might wake up to a text message of a breakthrough that has happened that you've been praying for for 30 years. You have to enter into rest. We'll talk more about that in the series. When you rest in him, God can show you what is already prepared for you. When you rest in him, God can show you what he's already done for you. Praying in the Spirit brings revelation to your rest. Praying in the Spirit brings revelation to your rest. Praying in the Spirit arranges things in your future and moves obstacles out of the way. Let's go to Acts chapter 3, verse 19 and close here. 
Acts chapter 3, verse 19. Acts chapter 3, verse 19. So he said, recognize him, expect him, spend time praying in the Spirit. Acts 3, 19. Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. That word refreshing means the recovery or the catching of breath. It means revival. But you know what's interesting about this word for presence? It actually means face. Refreshing comes from the face of Jesus. The word times here means specific points in times or seasons. See, there are times that God sets in visiting us collectively where he does certain things that's on his divine timetable to bring refreshing and revival and rest. And we can pray for those times and we should. But there are times that we set that we're going into his presence right now to get rest. Because it says that at specific times, rest comes from the face of Jesus. Well, I'm setting a time for me. At this time today, I'm going before Jesus to receive rest. At this time tomorrow, I'm going before him to receive refreshing. It says at specific times, God sets times, and so do you. You need to set those times. You heard me earlier. You need to guard those times so you can receive rest from him, so you can receive refreshing from him. Some of you get so stressed out because there's traffic in Atlanta. It is Atlanta. Traffic ain't going nowhere. It's on 285. It's on 75. It's on 85. It is on 20. It's on all the side streets. There is traffic. Welcome to Atlanta. So you can be stressed out and complain every day of your life because there's traffic. There's traffic on Saturday nights. There's traffic on Sunday mornings. There's traffic on Sunday nights. You can either be stressed out and say, you know what, my car, this is a place of rest. I got traffic. It's going to take me 30, 45 minutes to get anywhere in Atlanta anyway. So I'm going to take this 30, 45 minutes, pray in the Spirit, and enjoy the refreshing that's going to come. Or you could just be pent up, angry, agitated, irritated. What's wrong? Or I ran into traffic. People in Atlanta look at you like, okay. (laughs) So you can be agitated and irritated every day of your life. Or you say, you know what? I'm going to get the refreshing that comes from Jesus. I'm not going to be stressed out. I'm not going to be worried. I'm going to receive the rest that comes from Jesus. So number four, take time to do this daily and throughout the day. Take time to do this daily throughout the day. So number one, recognize him, R. Number two, expect him, E. Number three, spend time praying the Spirit, S. Number four, take time to do this daily and throughout the day, T. You need to rest in him. You might say, well, what happens if I miss one day? If you miss one day, don't miss two. Because some people get so condemned, like, oh, I didn't do it yesterday. My life's ruined. Just don't miss it the next day. If you miss one day, don't miss two. Remember, it's good for you. It's for your benefit. Resting in God is for your good. It will revolutionize your life if you learn how to rest in the midst of your everyday life. Not just rest at church. This is a place for refreshing and rest. Not just in your morning prayer time, but throughout the day. Because I'm going to remind you, Matthew 11:28 28, in the Passion Translation once again. Are you weary, carrying a heavy burden? Then come to me. I will refresh your life, for I am your oasis. Remember, oasis is a fertile spot in the desert where water is found. It is a pleasant or peaceful area or period in the midst of a difficult, troubled, or hectic place or situation. So you can have rest and peace in the middle of whatever you're facing today. In order to receive it, you have to turn to Jesus. 
You need to recognize him, expect him, spend time before him praying in the spirit, and take time to do this daily and throughout the day so that you can receive the rest that comes from Jesus. We'll get more into the series. Next week, we'll look at some of the things that Jesus taught while he was on the beach. Because a lot of times, once you realize you can get rest, the enemy will try to steal that rest. And so we're going to see to teach you how to keep that rest and keep your peace. He's like, well, the world is going crazy, but you don't have to go. So if they're taking a trip to crazy town. Don't get on the bus. There's rest for you. There's refreshing for you. Do these four things, and we'll pick up here next week. Stand to your feet. Hallelujah to Jesus. Go ahead and lift your hands to him and make a decision that, you know what? I'm not going to stress out anymore. I'm not going to carry all these cares. So remember the Bible says, cast your care upon him because he cares for you. Remember, you have a caretaker, and he always takes care of you in grand style. So whatever you're worrying about today, whatever you're stressing about today, give it to him. Don't pick it back up. Hand it over to him. Make a decision that you're going to rest that in your everyday life, you're going to recognize him. You're going to expect him. You're going to spend time praying in the spirit. And you're going to take time to do this daily and throughout the day. Make a decision to live stress-free. Make a decision to live in his presence. Remember that he's with you. See, the wind of the spirit is blowing through this place to refresh you right now. To minister to you. Jesus is a good high priest. He's with you. He's standing before you right now, ministering to you rest, ministering refreshing to you. You've come into his presence. Chris says, where two or three gather us in his name, there he is right there in the middle. He said, when we praise and worship him, he inhabits the praises of his people. We've done that. He's here. So because you believe he's here, receive the rest. He's a good high priest. He wants to minister to you. If he just gets you off your mind, get your stress out your mind, don't think about it. She said, come to me and drink, not come to me and think. Stop thinking about, well, how am I going to get this rest? Just open your heart and receive from him. Receive the wind of the Spirit. Receive the refreshing that comes from the face of Jesus, the very breath of God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Spirit of Jesus, for being with us, for bringing refreshing. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I hope you enjoyed today's message. Thank you once again for tuning in today. You know, if you enjoyed the message, go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube channel, download our Faith Christian Center Georgia app, as well as follow us on social media. And if you want to partner with us as a ministry, you can text FCCJ to 73256. That's FCCJ to 73256. And you can give financially support this ministry and what we do here in the metro Atlanta area as well as all around the world. Once again, thank you for tuning in today, and I'll see you next time.